I'm, I'm happy to announce that we've got one of our missionaries with us uh, this, this Sunday, Billy Morgan. And uh, he's in the States here for um, around two months, or so, two months or so. And so we're, uh, we're blessed with, uh, with the, the uh, opportunity to have him here with us. And um, at, at the 9.30, Billy is going to uh, talk to us about um, just kind of a missionary report. And at the 10.45... Uh, Billy's going to uh, give us a message. So um, with that, I'll, I'll turn it over to Billy. Thankful to be here this morning, and I want to open us up in prayer. And we remember a promise found in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So let us pray. Father, we're so thankful for this morning to have fellowship and to uh, have a discussion in Your Word. Thankful so much also for the opportunity and the freedoms that we have in this country to still uh, freely meet and worship and study your word. Pray that the Holy Spirit will uh, continue to guide us and lead us as, as we go through the day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So I want to discuss, uh, I've been in the Philippines since 2010, and we've been living there. And I met my wife 20 years ago. Uh, as she was, we were both serving at a school together. So that was back in 2002. So I just want to, just introduce us to our family. That's my wife there. We've been married for 19 years. My son, Will, and then my daughter, Rebecca. and, And Will is almost 16. Rebecca is 13. And Timothy is 11. And here's some more pictures of us. We love to go to the beach. And we have a little dog named Cassie who's two years old. <laughs> so we got her back, uh, yeah, right when we came back in 2020. And the kids like to, they're, they're taking Taekwondo lessons. And then we go to the track like once, once or twice a month. And uh, there's a track there. So basically, what has been going on uh, since we've been here, or since we went to the Philippines, if, if you remember, some of you were here when I came back in July of 2020, and that's when everything with the COVID thing got started. And uh, so we, we came in our furlough in, was it June, July of 2019, and we were supposed to go back in June of 2020. Well, the sky fell through, you know, in March, April, and then our flight was canceled, the first one, then we booked another one, and the flight got canceled again, and we were like, what is God doing, you know, does he want us to go back, and so I, so the third time we decided to book with the Philippine Airlines, and they were a little bit more uh, 
trustworthy, and they were going back and forth, uh, taking two trips a, a week to the Philippines. And thankfully, we were finally able to get in in July of 2020. Um, so it was, it was a stressful time. And I'll be talking a little bit about what's been going on uh, in our ministry. Uh, but the past two years, well, the Philippines has they taken a very strict approach to the lockdown. Basically, once we got into our city, it's hard to get in. We had to have, like, you know, two different COVID tests. And once we got in, we couldn't leave. So we were stuck there for the first year. And, uh, but God is amazing that despite that, so we, we, have rem- we have ministries to the mountains with our pastors, and we couldn't go there, you know, because they live in a different province or a different location, and we couldn't leave our city. So it was really strict going in and out of our city, and it was just, it was really hard. So uh, I want to say that God was still working, and especially in our family, um, basically the past two years, um, it was, it's been really challenging with the restrictions. So basically the government said, the Philippine government, they would not allow children to leave their houses for if you're under the age of 15 and below, you aren't allowed to leave unless for essential reasons. You know, it could be doctor's appointments, things like that. And so... It, the, the year and a half, there were no face-to-face classes for the kids for school and, and also for senior citizens. So if you're over the age of 65, you couldn't go out either. And you were expected to have a family member shop for you at the grocery store. And so for the first two, uh, oh, maybe the, even when we got there, for six months in the Philippines, you, they would give you a pass to go to the grocery store. So you could go, like, our days was Wednesday and Saturday. I, the, I guess the purpose was being so not too many people go to the grocery store at one time. So that was the purpose of that. So only one person per family could go. So me and Teresa would share that pass. Normally she would go grocery shopping. Thankfully, after six months, they did away with the, the, the pass, and we could go to the grocery store anytime we wanted to. But still, senior citizens and kids weren't allowed to go into the grocery stores. So it was just really strict. <coughs> But God was working despite all those rules and regulations. I felt like we were, me and my kids developed a, a, a great, greater relationship together as a, a family. And uh, he's brought and strengthened our relationships together, especially going into the teenage years. You know, Will's almost 16 and Becca's 13. And I, I'm so thankful that God worked it all out for good as, 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 as our family. So uh, it, it has been a big blessing uh, to have that. So I want to share with y'all where we are. Uh, Where is the Philippines? And sometimes you don't know because it may have been a long time since we had geography, right? Well, if you look at the map here, uh, the Philippines is in Southeast Asia. Uh, So it's it's way north of Australia. Let's see, we go back here. And then we're about uh, a few hundred miles southeast of China. And Taiwan, and then uh, we, we're near Indonesia. So we're still above the equator, but below the Tropic of Cancer. So we're a tropical nation. And uh, why is it going so fast? Let's see here. I don't know if it did that. Let me pause it. All right. So just to give a little background, let me return back to my previous slide. So uh, there we are. We're in central, kind of north central Luzon. 
So there's Philippines, there's Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao. And uh, we live in a province called Benguet, and we're in the mountains. We're about 5,000 feet above sea level. Um, so, yeah. So the Spanish... Is there a, I wonder if there's a way to stop it from going so quickly and let me quick slide. I don't know. How do I pause it? Yeah, I don't want it to go that fast. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, I'll flip back if I need to. So hopefully it's not a distraction for y'all. But uh, the Philippines... What, so there was a, a man named Ferdinand Magellan, if you remember him from history. He came to the Philippines in 1521. So uh, they were under Spanish rule for over 300 years until 1899. And then it became a U.S. territory. And then also, if we know from history, it was a big battleground during World War II. Everybody knows about Douglas MacArthur. And uh, so he, was, he loved the Philippines. And so we were able to work together to defeat the Spanish during that time. Um, so it became an independent country in 1946. So most Filipinos can uh, speak two, there's two national languages, Filipino or Tagalog, which is, they have some similarities to Spanish, but it's a completely different language. And then the English as well. So a lot of Filipinos can communicate in English and basic English language. And so there are many different local uh, and tribal languages and dialects in the Philippines. We have 120 different languages. So it's, it's because the Philippines was, was not very nationalized. A long time ago, it was more regionalized. So you have all these different tribal languages and people talking different things. Like our host pastor, where we go in the mountain province, he can speak four different languages, and some Filipinos can speak five and it, with the languages and dialects. My wife can just speak three, and that's not very many you know, compared to some, you know. Uh, so there's over 120 different languages. So our main ministry is pastoral training. So we have, uh, we've been doing, we used to have a house in our, a class in our house. We haven't had that since 2019. And now our face-to-face class in Baguio where we live is actually uh, in our church. So uh, that's what we're doing now. So our Pastoral training, are, we have one in a, a place called Abatan Bugyas. It's about three hours uh, from our city. So we have to travel out, and it's further up the mountains. And then there is uh, a man named Pastor Albert. He's our host pastor. And we started this class in January of 2022, just like six months ago. So we're just taking a little summer break for now. And then we have a pastor named Paul. He's right there. Uh, I don't think you see my mouse. The second guy, he's the guy that's standing next to me. He's one of our graduate students from 2014, and he helps me teach the classes. So, uh, so we have a, 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 about 10 or 15 students every, every time we have class. Normally it's once or twice a month. And then uh, we meet in Pastor Albert's house. It's, he's kind of got a, uh, kind of a commercial building, so it's not like a, it, people don't normally live there. And we just sit down and study the Word of God together. And it's a lot of fun, and uh, we have a really nice class. So there's some of the people in our class. So it's a, it's a privilege and blessing to train these people. Most of them are proficient in English, and they also sp- uh, speak Tagalog. And, I, you know, when I teach, I teach in Tagalog and English. And I kind of mix it up. So uh, that's this class. There's, it's a really big blessing to have them. Then our another class, this is... 
class has been going on since uh, this is in the mountain province. So it's bordering our province of Benguet. So it's about four and a half hours from our house. And uh, we started this class in May of 2016. And we went through all the theological classes together and subjects. And then I was planning to have a graduation in May of 2019, but they didn't want to graduate. Yeah, because I was thinking, you know, after some three years of training, it's time to move on to another location. They said, no, we don't want, you to, we don't want to move on. We want to still learn. So uh, we took a two-year break because of COVID. You know, we were in the States for a year. And then we were not able to go back to their province until, was it Jul- June, July of 2021? And so then that's when we started this class again. And so it's colder there than our town, and, you know, you need a jacket when you go there. So it's, uh, it's a blessing to, to train these pastors. And you've got to be careful going down this road because you can easily get a flat tire. It's, a, it, there's a, it's kind of rough. And uh, they said, oh, it's a lot better than it was 30 years ago, you know, because before it was just a muddy dirt path, and it rains a lot. So can you imagine bringing up and down vegetables this road with, you know, it's just... I can't imagine with the mud and things how they did it. Uh, let me go back here. I want to talk more about this class. But yeah, so we, we started this, restarted this class in July of 2021. And uh, this, uh, they, these pastors are from different denominations and different groups. And uh, they just love to learn the Word of God. And this, to me, this is my favorite class. Don't tell these other classes that I told them that. But th- this is just a blessing to be and this group, and uh, they've been learning for, you know, six years. And we, I decided to go back and teach hermeneutics again, just for as a review. And we're also doing uh, studies through the book of Romans. So we're actually in Romans chapter 4. And it's just like the time goes by so quickly because we have so much interaction and discussion. And uh, it's just a blessing to train these pastors. So the thing is, with this class, I'm so thankful that we were able to start this class face-to-face because these people don't have good cell phone signal in their place, so internet is a problem. So we st- I'm going to mention about our online classes. They were not able to join us for online classes. So without that remote capability, you know, they don't have that access. And uh, I'm really thankful that so we got to go back and train these pastors. So uh, it's, it's been a big, big blessing there to be a part of this class. Oh, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. You know, I don't want to make it all lecture. And so, uh, you know, yeah. So how often were you going to meet with you? Normally, in, in the, the previous class that I mentioned, uh, this class in Baoku, Mountain Province, is once a month. You know, and we would meet once a month. With the other class, and we'll guess here, we would meet twice a month. So, because it's a new class, and we wanted to to really, you know, kickstart our training there. So, uh, and what I do is normally I leave early Thursday morning, and I we leave the house between five thirty and six a.m. It takes three hours to drive there, and we start class at nine nine thirty, and we finish around four, and then it's a forty five minute additional drive to get to my class in Baoku. It's pronounced Baoku Mountain Province. So what we would do is I'd kind of rest early in the evening. They go to bed early, like 8 o'clock. So I, and by that time, I'm tired anyway. And then, uh, then I teach all day Friday 
we start around 9.30 or so, and we finish around 3.15, 3.30, and then I drive back home to Baguio. Well, the pastor in Baguio that he was originally in our 2013 class, his wife is from this place. So we made a connection probably in 2013, 2014, and they allowed me to, to speak in one of their churches. And they were interested in having a class. So we did it. And uh, we invited different, any pastors welcome. And, so, uh, and it was a struggle, especially with the doctrine of eternal security. A lot of them maybe were, come from denominations that don't, they don't believe that. So, uh, you know, that was probably the biggest issue. But over the past few years, we were able to work through this, a lot of those issues, even with spiritual gifts and th- things like that. So I think those are the two main issues of spiritual gifts, grace and internal security. And, uh, but, yeah, we've, we've been doing this class for a few years now. So, uh, yes, sir? Maybe with with the certain gifts stopping, yeah, you know, with the tongues and prophecy and things like that, yeah. So I think because some of them also, a few of them have come from more charismatic backgrounds. So, uh, yes. Normally, yes. Either they have their own church, or they're like, like they're like a daughter or mission church where they're training under the pastor or something like that. Or like one of these guys, uh, so like one, one or two of them, they're just teachers in the church, like Sunday school teacher or something like that. So in this class here, uh, nearly all of them are pastors. So in, in the one in, in uh, the other class, it's mixed. You know, it's maybe not all pastors. So it just depends. Let me go back here. So what we did, and in, in, uh, so here is a, I wanted to discuss our theological class in Baguio. So originally in 2013, we started having pastors, mainly local. They would just drive 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and, me, and we would meet in our house. Well, due to COVID, we started um, online classes in August of 2020. And uh, so that was really amazing because... It kind of expanded our ministry geographically because people could log in from different parts of the Philippines. And uh, we even had a, a pastor from Sri Lanka uh, that's kind of connected with VMI. He, he, he logged in as well. So we had him in our class. And uh, we had people from Australia that joined us, mainly Filipinos living in Australia. And uh, we had one lady from Hong Kong, a Filipino living in Hong Kong. Most of them are Filipinos and a few of them are living in different countries, and they're able to join the class. And y'all could join the class too. And, uh, you know, we have it, it starts at 7 o'clock in the morning, Friday morning. So if you ever wanted to log on, just let me know. And I speak mainly in English with some Tagalog mixed in, but it's easy to, to join. So, no, that's your time. 8 o'clock at Philippine time, p.m., Friday night. So uh, anyway, it's kind of early. Uh, but anyway, it's a lot of fun. And, but the online classes are great as far as disseminating information. But it, and as you know, you know it's, it doesn't have the, the joy of meeting face-to-face. So that's, that there's a, uh, a disadvantage to that. And I've noticed it's not quite as interactive uh, as face-to-face classes. 
But it's, a, it's amazing when it comes to getting information out. And I, it is more of a lecture than a discussion. It's just because sometimes people do, you know, listen to online recordings and things like that. And it's just, it's just a format. It's just the way it is. So, but I'm thankful for it. And there's most, most of the people in the class are not from Baguio. They live in and around Manila. And uh, so we have friends that are logging in from Manila that are joining us as well. So that is our class, uh, online class that I, that I mentioned. And I'm just going through the hermeneutics. We've done Ephesians, we've done Romans, and just different uh, theological classes online. This is our face-to-face class in Baguio, and I want to share what happened. This is another God using COVID to bring about an amazing thing. Um, so with the government restrictions in the Philippines, churches... Uh, were limited on space. The government basically said, you know, based on your alert level, with like alert level five is no church allowed face-to-face. You know, and thankfully that only lasted for not very long. But still, you know, that's, I thought it was intrusive personally, but, you know, that's how, that's how it is. And, uh, but I don't think the government was doing it. It's not an anti-religious sentiment in the Philippines because they're mainly Roman Catholic there. Uh, but So it, it, some of the limitations were 70%, 50%, and basically they would base it on space limitations. The church that we were attending before we came to the U.S. in 2019, it was pastored by one of our pastoral students or graduates. So their, their theology was good. And, you know, it was a really good church, and they had uh, uh, some men in there to, to teach as well besides him, including myself. But uh, their problem was when we got back, it was space limitation. They just meet in a small house church, but it's on the main road. So the problem is, you know, the pastor sent us a text, you know, there's only ten people that are allowed to meet. And my family's five so, you know, that's like half the church space. And so he so basically he said, you know, we, there's a space problem. So we prayed and decided, you know, maybe it's time to look for another church, at least temporarily. So the God brought us to this church, uh, Cordillera, Cordillera Bible Christian Fellowship. And what we it's also pastored by one of our graduate students. And what we realized is they got a lot of ministry going on but they're hungry spiritually. And the pastor, and he really wanted us to help train their members and help really develop our, their theology even more than what it is being done now. So that's exactly what we did. And so uh, God really brought us to an amazing church. And space was not a, limit, a problem because they had a, a bigger uh, space, auditorium for, you know, for a congregation. So we could bring our family of five without a problem. So in October of 2020, we started hermeneutics, and we trained the leaders in the church, and our class grew to about 10 or 15 people, and we would meet face-to-face and just have a really good time of training and learning, and we just finished this class in two months ago. So we've been doing this for, wow, a year and a half already, and just doing hermeneutics, and I was teaching them about uh, even... Things like dispensations and, and, and how to, to, to study the Word, you know, uh, correctly apply Old Testament passages without 
you know, putting people under law and, and taking those verses out of context. So it, it was a real eye-opener for them. And I'm really thankful that, that we had these classes and just going through these classes and things like that. So we've done these classes for a year and a half. But we really love our new church. And, and uh, I'll, I'll show you some other ministries that we're doing through the church. The, the guy there on the right side of me is Pastor Jason. And he's just a really amazing, humble man of God. And I just, I just love having fellowship with him. And pray for him. He's having his third baby. Uh, they're having their third child. And his wife's having his third child in January. So I think they still got a few months left. But uh, So it, they've, this church has been through some. They've had a little church split before we got, maybe four years before we got there. And uh, it was, they've had some issues, but thankfully things are getting better and they're growing in the Lord and, uh, and it, it's been amazing. We do a, a rotation in preaching. So uh, Pastor Jason is the main speaker there. He's on the far uh, he's far on my side, on the right side there. Pastor Froy is the assistant associate pastor, and he does preaching as well and different Bible studies. So we kind of take a rotation to, uh, we take a book of the Bible and just, you know, he does verses 1, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 or 3, and then, you know, we just do kind of studies like that. So we, we just, we're doing Ephesians right now, and I think they're in chapter 5. So uh, So we have theological... Uh, Bible interpretation classes to train our church leaders. And in youth fellowship, this is what Teresa started. As our kids get older, it's really amazing because the kids get older and she's able to do more ministry in the church and uh, in, in, our, in our ministry, just not in the church, but also. Uh, so when our kids were younger, it was, a, it was a lot harder. But now that the kids are older, they're almost teenager, they're teenagers and one of them's almost a teenager. Uh, it's it's been an amazing time where she can do a lot more stuff with ladies ministries and youth fellowship. The lockdown was very difficult on the kids and uh, emotionally. And the thing is, some people ask, well, why did the government, why did the Philippine government lock down children? Children are, are least likely, they, they survived the virus better than all the adults put together, you know, especially elderly people, for the most part, you know. Uh, there's exceptions, but... I think, because in the way the Philippines is, elderly people live with their families normally. So it's kind of like how that is. You got grandmother and grandfather living with the adult children in another room or whatever. And maybe they were, I think their concern was kids going out, getting the virus, and bringing it back to their, to their family, to elderly people. So that's why the lockdown was for the kids. I, I don't know. I, I'm not for sure. I'm not a government official, so I have no idea what they were doing. But it did create a lot of psychological stress. At one time in our city, uh, our, late in 2020, we had more suicides than COVID deaths. And I guess the stress of remote learning, a lot of teachers, uh, they felt guilty, I guess, not being able to teach their, kid, their, their students face-to-face so they really, lo- in the college level, they loaded up, loaded those kids up with requirements. And there were a few number of suicides just due to academic stress. And it was really sad uh, on how, how all that worked. And thankfully, 2022 has been a, a, blessed, a blessing for us in our, in, as far as the Philippines. Things are finally opening up again. And... Um, after two years, in August, starting next month, our kids will go back to face-to-face classes 
after two years of not being able to do that. So we're really thankful. So we've kind of been, we, our kids attend a Christian school, but we've been kind of like home, we've been, like Teresa's been the teacher, you know, a little bit, you know. Uh, so they do assignments, but she's kind of there monitoring what they're doing. In March of 2022, after two years of not having any face-to-face youth fellowships in our church, we started Bible studies and activities and within our church. So this is some of the pictures from our youth. And uh, what Teresa does is she'll take the lessons uh, and she uh, simplifies the lessons that normally I've made in the past and she will send it. And she has like three or four teachers who she's trained and basically our youth goes from age 10, 11 years old, all the way to up to young professionals, 30s. And so it's not really youth. It's actually going up to singles as well. And we have separate classes. So we have Sunday morning worship. So, uh, and then at, we have a lunch together as a church. And then in the afternoon, uh, she, she does youth fellowship. And I teach theology to the, I don't want to say elderly people, but people who are not in the youth, uh, you know, young professional, and after young professionals, you know, adults. And so we have theological classes for adults and youth fellowship, and they do more games and activities and Bible study and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's been a blessing. They like, they play chess as part of their activity, basketball. Our church has a basketball court inside, and that's, basketball is the biggest sport in the Philippines. So, uh, but anyway, the main thing is they're learning the Word of God face-to-face and they're just having a great fellowship and these uh, two years, what's been the biggest blessing to my children has been our youth, uh, you know, fellowship with the church. And we have we joined a missionary group of uh, association of, of other American missionaries. And because they haven't had fellowship, they don't even know their classmates in school. But thankfully, because of the missionary group and this church, we've they've had some social outlet besides just you know home time. And it's been a blessing. And, and uh, you know, when training kids when they're young and teenagers is, is really important. Of course, we want them to have the home environment as well. But, you know, mixing it together, you know, who your children hang out with is, has an impact in their life. We know that. And another thing that we've done after three years, our, ch- our church has not had a youth camp. And Teresa and the pastors and, and our group, we decided to have a youth camp, and, and I, here's some places, Baguio, Oga'o, Pangasinan, different places. We, we were limited in space, so we had it on the beach. It's about three hours from our house, and it's hot and humid, uh, you know, and the, the boys slept in tents outside on the beach, and with no electricity, no fans or anything. The, the ladies, the girls, they slept in uh, fan rooms, and they're little like Nipa hut type or bamboo hut type uh, houses with just electricity just with fans and the staff got to sleep in nice air conditioning rooms all right so that was that was pretty cool but yeah we had we had 78 people 61 young people uh, mainly from our church and it was not so much on evangelism although we of course we did the gospel but it was more on discipleship training these kids are, are kids in our church and, we, of course, we don't ever take the gospel for granted. But the focus was more on, you know, learning and, and training, fellowship and discipleship. And uh, that was the purpose of our, our, our class. So our, our, our theme was found in Ecclesiastes 12.1. Remember the Creator and your Creator in the days of your youth. 
So there's some pictures there of our group fellowship that we had. I got food poisoning right before the camp. Not at the camp, but before the camp. So I missed half the camp because I was just having some issues. But uh, yeah, don't, don't want to be at the camp during that time. But anyway, uh, this is our ladies' Bible study. So the past mm, two years or so, Teresa has been really diligent in maintaining this uh, ladies' Bible study group. And uh, she's done this, and she has fellowship. Normally, they do a, a fellowship twice a month, face-to-face, and just developing the ladies. And what she does is take the lessons that I've done and just simplify them even more and teach this to the ladies in our church. And uh, it's been a blessing. And she's really working on discipling these ladies and things like that. So it has been a wonderful time of fellowship. They love to laugh. Eat and, and study the Bible. So that's what she says. So she leads a Bible study and teaching them other biblical principles, practical theology, and things like that. And then we also have, they were on a mission trip uh, to Vizcaya. That's four hours from our house. And, uh, and so actually they just came back just about a few hours ago. They were there on another trip. Uh, so this... They, they, this is our daughter church. So before, before we got there, maybe in 2017, our church that we attend established, planted this church. And it's in a rural remote area, and it's kind of in the uh, provincial farm, farm area. And they started this church. And then Teresa and both of us, we felt the need, and even our pastor, that we need to equip these people in our, this church. And due to COVID, we were not able to go there because of the restrictions and the past year or so, we have been able to go there. So we've been doing more equipping ministries and uh, vacation Bible school, many like activities. And, and Teresa wanted to really have a, a good ladies ministry to those ladies there in this church. So you can look at these pictures here. Another ministry that Teresa does is uh, she does a online ESL. ESL means English as a second language. So back in 2019, when we came to Alabama, we were staying at a, a Baptist church mission house, and there was a church there that offered their, their house for lodging for missionary families, and we stayed there. And Teresa wanted, to, they had this free English classes. There was a retired missionary couple from Indonesia they were missionaries in Indonesia for 40 years. And they, they felt led by the Lord. They were led by the Lord to start this. Teach. There was a lot, of, there's a lot of foreigners who come to the United States who don't speak English very well, you know. And they need to learn English if they're in our country, right? We know that. So what, what this couple did is they started teaching English as a second language classes. And Teresa joined this ministry because in her, in her past, before we got married, she's tutored Koreans and other groups and other nationalities in English, you know, as a second language. So she met these ladies face-to-face in 2019 and 2020. And over the past couple of years, uh, she has really tried to make connections with them. So what they do, the ladies do, is they have their Monday English classes face-to-face, and then they would have a face-to-face Bible study. And COVID changed all of that. So, unfortunately, 
they they haven't been able to do their their actual ESL classes, but the main thing is they've continued the Bible studies, but they do it online because some of these ladies have moved away. So these are uh, for ladies from different countries who meet via Zoom, and the lady in charge, the, the former uh, missionary to Indonesia, she's kind of got dementia. She's almost 80 now, and she basically turned over the Bible study to, to Teresa. She said, you teach the Bible study. I'll let you do everything. So every week, they meet at 9.30 a.m. Alabama time, Central Time, and have a Bible study. Well, the problem is the time difference. It's 10.30 p.m. Thursday night, Filipino time. But thankfully, my wife is a night owl. She loves to stay up late. She hates getting up early, but she loves staying up late. So, and there's another problem. Of course, when y'all go back, when y'all switch back to, was it the the standard time, it becomes 11.30 p.m. Philippine time. And she'll stay up till 2.30 or 3 in the morning. And this is a class that's very interactive. And they just, they, they go through the scriptures. They discuss. She has to speak a lot slower English because, you know, this is not their native language. But she, she really simplifies the notes. And she, she does these PowerPoint presentations. And they laugh. They talk. They have discussion. And she doesn't get to bed till 3 a.m. And I let her sleep in, you know. So it's, uh, she just has a lot of fun uh, teaching these ladies. And some of them, they meet face-to-face, and others, they, move, they moved away. So they have to, you know, but they do it through Zoom. And th- so I just, I'm so thankful that God is using Teresa to equip these ladies in the, the message of uh, the Word of God. And it's really, it's kind of interesting, because being in the United States, and even in the Philippines, we're, we, we are a religious country, uh, most of the Filipinos are predominantly Roman Catholic. But there was one Japanese lady that Teresa met. She literally asked this question, Who is Jesus? I don't know anything about Jesus. You know, being in the Philippines and even being in the United States, you don't hear that. Most people know of Jesus, you know. But that's like, it really like, wow, that's an amazing thing. And, and you know, she came to know the Lord and believed in the gospel. But it's amazing to hear that somebody would actually say that. And so there is a, 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 you know, amazing desire to learn the Word of God among these ladies. So that some of them are from Japan, Korea, Brazil, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Indonesia, Philippines, and Peru. Not so much, Teresa's the only one in the Philippines, but, but like these ladies are living in the United States, learning English and learning the Word of God together. So I'm so thankful that Teresa has been able to be a part of this. We've also had church strengthening ministries. Tarlock is about three hours from our house. And uh, a lot of times as being a missionary, I get asked to, to speak uh, in different um, uh, places and, and churches around the Philippines. And I've been to Mindanao and I've been to... Mainly it's, you know, driving distance four or five hours from our house. This is in Tarlock. And uh, a friend of a pastor friend of ours wanted me to speak, and so this is just a picture with some of the youth uh, in our church. So that's, this is the way we make connections. And our hope and our goal is, especially either some of them have been through our training before, or maybe I'm hoping that they will join our training via, via online or things like that. Uh, so this is Pastor Jiggs is what we call him. That's his nickname, and that's his family there. And this is the one in Laguna. 
And I spoke at their anniversary back in February of 2022, and it was just a great time of fellowship. The, there's the pastor here, two, uh, I guess, yeah, two chairs to my right is Pastor Marlon. He, he studied under us in Baguio, but he moved away, and he was called to this church. And he's even training his members in hermeneutics and Bible interpretation. So he's an excellent uh, teacher of the Word of God. And Teresa, we have a lot of friends in this church. So we've been doing ministry, you know, just going and visiting them for the past 10 years or so. So we have a lot of connection there. And this is a, a remote church in the mountains. This is in a place called uh, Atuk Banget. It's two hours from our house. And... <laughs> I always have good memories of this church because most people think the Philippines is hot all the time, but not this place. You know, every time you go to this place, you need a jacket. And I was literally, it was December, and I was standing out at 12 o'clock noon in the bright sun. I was like after church, and I was cold, and I was wearing a thick jacket in the sun. And I was like, wow, does this place ever warm up? You know, and it, it doesn't really. It's just... It's cold all the time because we're such a high elevation. Uh, but uh, anyway, another ministry that we do, and this is just different times of the year. So somebody said, you're busy all the time. And it makes it, this, this presentation probably makes it sound better than it is. But this is ministries that we do different times of the year. So it's not like we do this all the time. But uh, there's a, a, a couple that have been married four years and we, we do mentor them, and we've talked to them, and, and disciple them, and, and just, you know, discuss them about their relationship with the Lord, and things like that. And this couple is, his name is Kiko, or Francis, and Jade. They're getting married in December. So we've talked to them, and try to do a little counseling with them. So their, their wedding is coming up soon. And this is a couple, we actually had online weekly Bible studies with them for about three months. And just talking about the biblical role of marriage. And his name is Alex. He's also a CPA like me. And Anika as well. So I'm by vocational minister, just if you want to know. Uh, but that I do that a little bit on the side, accounting and things like that. Mainly for other fellow missionaries. But anyway, so there's just a great couple. And, uh, and this couple just got married in September of 2021. And we, we try to talk to them and just, you know, have them at our house, have coffee and fellowship and, and just talk to them about that. And again, we talked about uh, different, this is, picture was taken in our daughter church in Vizcaya. And, uh, and we've done, you know, different Bible studies. And like I said, it's, it's been very difficult for the kids. And, and we as a mother church have not been able to visit them so there hasn't been a, a lot of equipping. There's a pastor there, but, you know, he needs help. And we want to equip their leaders as well. So that's why I think on a regular basis we're going back to this place four hours from our house. And Teresa's led teams to help with kids' ministries and teens' ministries and things like that. And she brings a team of ladies to help with that ministry. They were just there this past weekend. And uh, they had like a mini, kind of mini uh, youth retreat with kids' ministry and ladies' fellowship. So all that goes on at one time. The ladies sit there, and then the, 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 the kids are being taught, and then the teens are also being taught as well. So it's kind of what's been happening. 
In our Sunday school ministry, uh, we, it, it was, we never really shut it down during COVID. And most of the kids lived nearby, so they were able to come to church. And, uh, and my daughter, Rebecca, you know, she's only 13, but she's been helpful in uh, teaching the kids. And normally she would teach like once a month and just help, you know. So she's been involved a little bit in doing that. And now, during the summer, they're having a summer break, she's teaching them artwork. And during Friday afternoons, they do this, uh, she teaches them art classes. So just to keep her busy and keep the kids just occupied during the summer. So it's a blessing uh, that our kids are also doing a little bit of ministry as well. So what what can you pray for? Well, I guess... Or pray for our spiritual growth as a family and pray for my children as they'll start face-to-face for the first time in two years. So uh, I'm just praying that uh, things will go better and um, as far as them making connections because they don't really, they haven't talked to their classmates and, you know, we were in the States in 2019, so it's been three years. So they have new classmates now and and but still I'm, I'm so thankful they got the church and the kids at the church and their missionary group friends it's been really good so just pray for our growth and that we will continue to grow and what when trials come our way that we'll face it in a in a manner that gives glory to christ and pray for our marriage as, as well also we'll continue to pray for continual ministry opportunities and we'll continue our pastoral training in the mountains and that's my heart is to bring uh the word of god especially the pastor's in mountainous tribal regions that maybe are not exposed to a lot of seminary teaching. So that, that is my goal. And uh, I have some students. Pray that God will bring up uh, our graduate students that they'll feel the need to help me as well. So I always need help when it comes to that, especially uh, from other Filipino pastors that have attended our seminary training, that they can help. And there has been a... We have an opportunity potentially... There's another location that we're looking at, but we're still a long way away from getting that details. Uh, it's in a place called Ifugao. It's about six hours from our place. It's further in the mountains. So we're looking at that uh, for more for another pastoral training location. But I'm really cautious, you know, because it's like I don't want to get so busy. You know, there is a limit on what you can do. So, uh, but that's why I'm hoping that other people will help us as well. Other pastors in our training will help us. We have just got a new president, July 1, 2022. He's only been in office for 16 days. Uh, his name is Bong Bong Marcos. If you remember Ferdinand Marcos, he was the president in the Philippines from 1968 to 1986. And if you know Imelda Marcos, she was the one that had a lot of shoes, if you all remember her. But anyway, this is the son, and he's become the president. He just won the election in the landslide. So he's saying no more lockdowns, no more wide-scale lockdowns. Uh, so he's um, hoping, he, he sounds like he's got some good economic policies for the Philippines. And the, 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 it's been devastated the past two years. We also have a continuing threat from China. They're the big bully in the Southeast Asia, you know, because they're, they're trying to take our land. There's a disputed area that the Philippines have claimed for a long, long time, and China's trying to take it. So we need a president that can handle China well. You know, not be afraid, but yet know how to talk to the people like that. So pray for him. Pray for President Marcos and the vice president and our leaders that we will hopefully 
have good economic success, and spiritually that the gospel will not be shut down, and thankfully hasn't. We live in a relatively free society where we can share our faith without problems. So just pray that things will, uh, we will have opportunities to continue to share the word of God. Do we have any questions besides that? Yes, sir, Pastor Alex. Okay, well, we've been there since 2010. Originally in 2000, what was it? When I got there, I was asked to speak or to be a teacher at different seminaries within Baguio and different Bible schools. So uh, they would ask me, can you teach this class or that class? And I said, yes, you know. And so that was our ministry for the past, oh, the first two or three years was me just teaching at different Bible schools within, the Philipp- within our city. But then I noticed, you know, they don't always have the same views as I do. And for me, the most precious view, of course, is the gospel. That's straight normally. There's no problem there. But like some of them, they were not so strong on the doctrine of eternal security. Once saved, always saved. And that bothered me a little bit, you know. It's like if I'm teaching the eternal security and the professor down the hall is teaching something different, that's not a good thing. So am I really wasting my time? And it's, there's no time wasted. But I said, well, maybe. So after a couple of years, I said, let's have our own training, you know, instead of like just joining other people's ministry. So we, we said, let's just do it. And we had a Greek class in our house. We had some pastors, a very small group that would meet in our house once a week. And then we said, you know what? Let's not just teach Greek. Let's teach everything. Let's just start teaching everything. So once a week, we just started it. And we just invited pastors that we knew and advertised it. And they would come into our house every Wednesday, 9 to 4, and they would learn. we provide lunch, and it would be a training for free. And that's what we did. And so that's how it started. And then we did that from 2013 to 2019 in our house. And then we went online and then... In 2016, we took our same program to the mountains and rural regions. So that's kind of been our focus. We still have a face-to-face in our church, and then we have it online, and then we have it in the mountains. So that's kind of our main ministry besides what we do with ladies' ministry, youth ministry, and things like that. Yes? Oh, okay. Well, in 2002, I graduated college. And was looking for a mission trip. I went with VMI to Mexico. Actually, Jody Brown led that team. That was, what, 22 years ago. And I, I, I felt I wanted, I wanted to do missions just to, even just to take a trip, you know. I wanted to do a mission trip. And Teresa's pastor from the Philippines, and his, his past, the, his, her pastor's wife is American, American lady. And they're an older couple. And they invited me to visit. Uh, they came to my parents' church, and at, at our church, and they said, would you like to come visit? I said, sure, I'm, I'm graduating, so I could take a three-week trip. So I just did a short-term mission trip there, and then they invited me to stay there for eight months. Uh, well, they said as long as I wanted to, but I, I wanted to give eight-month commitment. So I t- started teaching theology in their Bible school, and different, like, I did chapel ministries, and this is the kids' school that they attend now. So they have an academy 
kindergarten to 12th grade, and they have like a Bible college that kind of trains, a very small institute that trains pastors. And then they also have a, uh, like other ministries as well. So we were there for eight months, and that's how I really got to meet my wife. And then we, I went to, I went to seminary in Birmingham, Alabama through Doctrinal Studies Bible Church uh, under Ron Adema. So we got married in 2003, and we were taking short-term trips back, 2005, 6, and 7. And when I left the Philippines in 2003, you know what I said? I'm not going to be a missionary. I'm just going to be a pastor of a church in the U.S. I don't have it what it takes to be a missionary. This is too far from home. I miss my American food. I miss my grits, you know. I miss uh, American food and things like that. So I, I was, it was the right place at the wrong time, but I'm very thankful that I had that eight months. And I learned a lot. So I, I would not say that God was not meant for me to do it, but he, I was not ready to be a career missionary when I was 24 years old. Just not ready yet. But six years later comes around, and every time we went back, on, we did short-term trips in 2005, 6, and 7. It's like the Lord was putting it back in my heart it's time and in 2009 we sell our house and we move to the Philippines as career missionaries and I said I'm, I, I said my, when I left I said I'm never going to be a missionary and then God has a sense of humor yeah amazing how your mind changes that's what, that's what happened so we, I've been involved going to that country for about 20 years now so I'm thankful for that and my wife has been a big help and helping me culturally, language-wise, and everything like that. So I couldn't do it without her. Any other questions? Comments? Well, thank you again for sharing. I'll turn it over back to Pastor Alex. Let's just close in prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you. We thank you for your servant, Billy. We ask that you protect he and his family, uh, strengthen them, encourage them. We also pray for the various pastors that come to study your word through them, and we ask that you provide for them, uh, give them uh, the mental focus to metabolize your truth and to integrate it into their thoughts and ultimately into the teaching that they provide the congregations that you have uh, uh, provided to them. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.